Welcome to AI for an Eye, a podcast where full-grown humans try and match wits with a baby artificial intelligence. At the time of this recording, the humans still haven't chosen a name for this podcast. Aw, isn't that just adorable? Everybody and welcome to the still untitled AI podcast that we're still working on a title. Um, my name's Brent. I'm, I'm Will. joined. Okay, wow, I, my mistake. I have very human error. I've joined. Oh, thank you, thank you for joining. Uh, Will and Kim, uh, two of my good friends, again joining me. Um. Thank you again for and joining me on this journey as we explore this uh, this thing called AI. Um, sorry, I'm I got low energy today. I had like a I had a stomach ache, a very human human ailment that is wow. affecting my ability to to put out to put out creatively. And um, yeah, so you know you take the good with the bad when you're human, I guess. Mm-hmm. Don't worry, that's why we're trying to replace you. Yeah, thank you. So, unfortunately, we are still Untitled AI Project. So, what if we ask it, what if we ask the robot to tell us just punny titles? Yeah, I was just going to say, write AI puns for us. Yeah, write AI puns for us. Right, and then we can massage them into a working title. Yeah. Or check if there are already popular podcasts in the world. Yeah. I want you to write. Five, eight puns about AI. Yeah, just puns. Because they don't have to. A title is whatever you decide it is. So we just want five puns. puns involving artificial intelligence. And go. Give us your best shot, bot. Oh, it's just. They're jokes. They're just writing us jokes. I mean, I'm looking forward to them. All right. Uh, number one, why did the AI refuse to go on a diet? It just couldn't resist the bites. Thank you. <laughs> number two, did you hear about the AI that became a stand-up comedian? It always had the best bite-sized jokes. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> it's the same joke over it's and over. exact same joke. Why did the AI cross the road? To optimize its pathfinding algorithm and reach the other side more efficiently. Okay, this is a little bit self-serving. It's uh, like very much, aren't AIs awesome? Aren't they cool? I, I see what you're doing here, <laughs> chat. Uh, how do, number four, how do AI robots communicate through why fry signals? That must be a, an... AI thing. I don't. Yeah, it must, this must What's be a like fry? a. This might be a programmer joke that I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing it's the fry that's the Wi-Fi or the AI related thing, not the because it's a play on Wi-Fi. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So you're right. Fry has to be the thing. All right. Number five. Why did the AI chef win the cooking competition? It had the perfect blend of algorithmic and Flavorhythmics. Wow. 
Okay, so this was another failure, I find. Um, <laughs> but th- was it on our side or on Chatbot's side? I'm not sure yet. I, g- I guess, yeah, a pun. They are puns, technically. So, like, yeah, they are they are a, a pun joke. But we wanted, like, a punny title. Okay, let me, let me try it again. I want you to write five pun titles involving AI or artificial intelligence. They should be short and catchy. See if that helps. Go. Oh, it actually kind of worked. One, Bite Club, AI Confidential. Two, The Turing Testaments, AI of the Beholder. Oh, okay. Artificially Yours, AI Love Story. Control-Alt-Delete, AI in Wonderland. Okay. Bits and Bots, Bites and Bots, and AI Adventures Unleashed. Well... They're not great. The eye of the the AI of the beholder is the closest to anything, right? But it's I I already I know I think I know I've when I was searching I know that that already exists too. AI of the beholder that's been done to death by any 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 technology writer that's writing a headline for years about artificial intelligence. You can you can you can tell that's been used. In the AI of the beholder. Well, I'm underwhelmed. At this stage, I feel like we need to table this, and this will be a recurring segment every episode. <laughs> yeah, every episode. What well, we, the hell are we naming this? Well, we search and desperately search uh, AI's and hu- our human brain's ability to come up with a title for this podcast. It isn't done to death. Uh, deeply uh, stolen from another much better podcast or... Okay, I have a really bad suggestion, but I thought I'd put Mm. it out there as bad suggestions because we should offer something. Yeah. Uh, So my bad suggestion is like the now old slang, but I am so out of the slang time, but like the idea of left on red... Like, as in, you didn't check your text messages. So AI left on red. That's my bad suggestion. Oh. Like how you leave someone on red, but we've AIs left us on red. So That's interesting. Just a thought there, but not sure that's where to go, but just thought. Yeah. To play no. on a pop culture-y type thing a little bit more. And that's about writing and reading, which is what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, that's the, that's one of the more interesting. And again, our very human brains have come and offered this as opposed to the chatbots. Further cementing my belief that the AI has not yet cracked the ability to be clever, like truly fundamentally make you kind of go ding in your, yeah, like that little the cartoon light bulb above your head. Well, here's another one. Okay, here we go. Hang on to your hats, everybody. <laughs> uh, maybe too sexual, but oh, so Netflix okay. and chill, AI and chill, because eventually we'll be able to chill because AI will do all the work for us, but not mm. sexual, not the same as what the reference is. So might not work. Cause- I think you have to like... Uh, do a, a a reach to kind of really make that a super 
a scandalous title. Reach around, so to speak. Thank oh you. My. <laughs> Leave it to Will. AI reach around the podcast. <laughs> that's that's something. Oh <laughs> it's my. giving us it's giving us a helping hand. Oh my. Okay, those are interesting. Those are interesting. Those are definitely more interesting than what this dang thing gave us. So bits and bots. Bits and bits and bots. Control alt delete. An AI Wonderland. What a what a stupid. That's a stupid. Your ideas are stupid. Oh no, they apologize to you. They're so good. And it responded with, I apologize if my previous suggestions did not meet your expectations. Humor can be subjective. And it's understandable that not every pun resonates with everyone. If you have any specific preferences or topics in mind, I'd be happy to try and provide you with alternative pun titles. What do, what, what do we just call it? The AI podcast. Only instead of A, the letter A, it's E-A. Like we're from Canada, A. It's it's the it's the AI AI project because we're from Canada, eh? And I I get it I I get it. I think we will table it for now, and uh, you know maybe by the end of our first uh, series, <laughs> if you're listening to this in the future, you may already know the title of this podcast. So it's kind of like a dramatic irony. That we haven't quite cracked it on our end, but you already know how we're what we're gonna get to. Yeah, and you already know the best catchiest title ever. The the most it isn't boring, already taken. Yeah, the most boring title that we just settled with when we gave up sometime in the future, multiple episodes down. Mm -hmm. We should come to AI's horrible suggestions. Yeah, and you're just gonna be like screaming into your. <laughs> into the 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 podcast listening app that you are on right now and just saying no you just picked this okay what what did, what did we do last time like could you does anyone else remember the refresher of what we did we did like a yeah we had uh, one clifford join us yes. for his first venture into the ai chatbot and uh we wrote fantastical stories no, wait. We I think read it's just one story. We read one story that chatbot kind of messed up. Yes. We, um, if I recall correctly, we were doing an experiment where we did one prompt through chat GPT, and we tried to see if we could dramaturge it using the chatbot's uh, built-in um, ability to respond to our demands, our 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 dramaturge like you know studio notes uh on, on to make it to make it better with mixed results mostly I think, I think the highlight was the um naming of the dish that was being made i think that was yeah, the highlight i recall that is correct um so um continuing on with that we we had a couple ideas of things we could try um but before we get to that I wanted to uh, uh, do some, do some um, something new. I wanted to share with you some AI news. Mm -hmm. I got to find my phone. This is this is when we need the sound cue, like 
Yeah. Of the like news flash alert coming in, like the. Dit, 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 dit. Yeah. Do you, do you we'll, know what we'll I'm that right about now? Thank you. All right, AI news. Here we go. Open the little app here. I had a little tab. This is all the exciting radio part. So um, this isn't obviously. We are very theater focus based on our background in terms of how that how we're approaching this but there obviously there's a lot of different ways that ai can affect human creativity and in our case uh telling stories so nvidia announced uh some ai tools being some new technology and nvidia is a a a chip maker uh they make all kinds of things including a gpu GPU chips and um, processing chips, and they have a lot of uh, technology related to that and related to gaming. Um, they're really the darlings in the gaming space for their um, their uh, gaming uh, GPUs and things like that. And they uh, they had a keynote uh, where they introduced a bunch of jumping on the bandwagon. They jumped up. They introduced a whole bunch of AI tools for game creating. And there's a, a an article I read here talking about um and the headline of the article is nvidia's new ai is coming for absolutely every gaming job great the new tech announced last night will inevitably replace many key development roles um and yeah it talks about uh things like getting into the into the weeds here like they they talk about all kinds of different ai tools that they're building into their technology for creating games including things like you know the, the obvious stuff like um g- creating generating imagery ai generated imagery um and uh, building baking in all the artist tools that you would need a human being to kind of like look at and program or just going to be baked right into their tools but uh what's interesting about this one was uh just um basically rolling in a chat gpt uh, language model style AI model for things like, and they used an, an example where like you could walk up to an NPC character and just start interacting with them directly. And they just randomly generate their, their dialogue with you, uh, AI style, like a chat GPT style. So, um, and obviously the angle here in this article is it'll just completely remove so many people that mm-hmm. write those that dialogue all of that tons and tons and tons of dialogue that's that goes in the back end to to flesh out a crazy open world like say skyrim or something where like you have just like a ridiculous dialogue trees where you talk to npcs that go nowhere and some of them times they feel very samey because they're just recycling things this is like taking that on directly and saying okay what if they were dynamically responding to what you're saying to them and you ask them all kinds of weird questions that a writer couldn't have anticipated or couldn't logically have spent enough energy to write for this no nothing nobody character yeah and it'll just dynamically do that which from the perspective of a game player sounds really interesting for sure because usually you get like oh you get three options you know like ask this question ask that question or buy some bread now you could just ask anything, you know? Yeah. yeah. That does um, sound intriguing. 
The most interesting thing about this article to me is that it was clearly written by a human and it's very, it's very much, it's a, it's written by somebody who is a professional writer talking about how terrible this is and how this is going to make everything awful and ruin so many jobs. And I could, and I'm just imagining a world like where these articles still exist, where they're written by people raising the, raising alarmist flags against like AI. And then all of a sudden, like in a year from now, all these articles are going to be like AI introduces brand new fun feature. And it's, they're all going to be generated by these language models. And like, no one's going to write these ar- yeah, articles yeah. anymore that are being critical. Yeah, yeah. Cause they're being critical of the exact technology that has replaced them. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's just kind of funny. Cause I read a different article that was very generic. Um, that was very like, uh, NVIDIA announces AI things, period. This is what they do. And then this article was uh, on, on, um, on uh, Kotaku or whatever, how you pronounce it, the gaming site. And um, it's very much like this, this sucks because I'm a writer and I can see how this is going to and I can destroy see writing on the wall. Yeah. And like this person may have literally written for some game company doing crazy, just cutting their teeth on dialogue trees before they got a, uh, article writing for a gaming website and now they're just like this is gonna destroy that entire industry right um just decimate it and it's just really interesting anyway so you know it's happening it's happening as we speak yeah i didn't i don't uh read much on the news front but i did see somebody using like a photoshop which now has ai generation for imagery so that you can like select a portion like around a photo and then you can tell it to generate the rest of the photo around it and yeah. it'll just fill it in for you. So if you have a picture of like your deck with its, you know, furniture on there, but you need to expand it out to get it like a panoramic view or something, <laughs> you can just select it what you have and then just say finish the rest and it'll just fill it out with what it thinks based on what was already on that picture. It's kind of neat. Yeah. Like it's, it's hard to be like, you know, like, Oh, uh, human, human being, I am human and I hate this, but like some of the functionality that it bakes in, that it, that it democratizes like some of these things is kind of cool. Yeah. And And exciting speed at which it can, complete work for you is yeah. very handy right yeah and it's like th- like what you described i'm like uh i am a trained graphic designer so mm-hmm. like i could hypothetically do what you described if you yeah. <laughs> but i would never want to and it would never be worth my time yeah and that's the thing it's like such basic work that it's just a time consuming thing for very little payoff yeah but like you could also change the color of like the cushions or the pattern, put different patterns on the cushions on the chairs and it'll just do it like in an instant to make things look a little nicer. Right. Like it's yeah. Interesting concepts. Yeah. But just because I can do that doesn't mean that like it doesn't, it can't do other much more destructive things. Oh, for sure. For sure. You know, you're like, Oh, well this is a cool feature. I wish I had a year ago. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like, cool. It'll also, uh, 
it'll also completely undermine our faith in uh, news organizations because uh, literally nothing will be believable anymore because we can just yeah. generate any politician saying anything we want. And it's like, okay, well, at least I can change the couch cushions on my picture of my uh, deck in case I want to check that. So that's cool. Mm. And it's yeah. like, okay, is it, is it worth it? You know? Uh, but yeah, that's, you can say to that about somebody it is to somebody. It is. <laughs> you can say that about fire when they, you know, discovered fire, like, Oh, I can keep cook my food. I can also burn down the forest or, uh, entire provinces as we're, uh, <laughs> discovering very topically both mm -hmm. in Halifax and Alberta. We had some thoughts about things to explore. We're seeing if chat GPT can write a story. I feel like it was a little underwhelming our experimentation last time with uh, getting it to dramaturge itself. We, uh, I think the conclusion we came to is that it will do it if we really ask for a fundamentally uh, a major change to the story, but it does so it very reluctantly and it tries to recycle as much as possible from its what it generated originally. And I think when I thought more about it, I think that's how it's work, how it works, right? It, it, it's iterative. So it'll write you something and like, what do you think about this? And we can either say like, no, I hate it. Do it again. And it'll make you something totally different. Or we can go down and be like, okay, change this, this, and this. And it's kind of like, okay, well, I'm going to change that, but I'm going to keep as much as possible because I'm still working within the constraints of this exact story that I told you already that we are agreeing that we are working off of. And that's where it's kind of like not very creative because it's like, it's unwilling to be like, okay, you know what? Let's trash this entire arc because it's not working. And this would be a much stronger choice. It's just kind of trying to shoehorn in our notes. So, uh, uh, something that I could totally see changing <laughs> in an, in, a, in another revision of this tool, mm -hmm. but as it stands right now, uh, not great at dramaturge taking, taking dramaturge notes, which I mean, Hey, let's be honest. Not all writers are great with that either. <laughs> no, for sure. <laughs> you know, um, that's legit. Something we brought up last time reviewing my notes was, um, what we can try to do for this round is instead of, um, instead of asking it to like write one story and then really trying to push it to fix that one story. What if we try to like uh, work with the way it's designed and ask it for three synopses of stories and then pick the synopsis we like the most and then see if it can expand that into a full script. Right. Okay. I like that. Three different synopses. Uh, I assume about the same subject matter, or are we giving You're, completely different briefs? I have a different or like an additional offer that I thought of just okay. as Brent was talking about that, and it can go into the synopsis. But what if we took, like, I was trying to think about this twofold because, like, there's fairy tales that everyone knows, like Goldilocks and those types of things. So that's an interesting thing. But I was also like, th like, it's really, a hot thing to take like a historical event and make it a 
a show, a theater play. We just created one a few years back. And like you have like really creative takes on it, like the musical Six, which is Henry VIII's Six Wives. Mm. And so it's like maybe taking something like and testing a little bit of knowledge of maybe pop culture or history could be an interesting thing and seeing if it could dramatize that like dramatize a fairy tale or dramatize that and if it's three synopsis is it from different points of view i don't know just a thought if we wanted to give it a subject matter that's a little bit known something to play with or we could do this just as a separate one at a different time but just a thought process i think it's a great idea like uh because i i didn't really have an idea for a prompt so that's an interesting way to kind of experiment on two fronts. Like, how does it handle something as long as it's before 2004? Uh, historical not event. Trump as president. Well, yeah. Um, it's like it'll, it, if it happened right when it cut off, the Internet cut off, it would know about Trump, but not the, the, the full breadth of his presidency. Fortunately, um, we all know about Trump. Yeah. So um, but we can. We can pick a pick something from history in the whether distant or recent uh, to to in the spirit of what you're describing, Kim, we should probably pick something that is pretty well documented exactly. so that that the AI has in theory reference of it to to Ample call resource mm -hmm. to see if that makes a difference because that would be interesting. Um, because that's another interesting thing about what you're describing, Kim, just from experience, because uh, we wrote the, the our our historical uh, dramedy that we uh, we put together. Um, it was uh, we did a lot of research before that, and um, we would often run into like we, we learned a lot about like running into like uh, dead ends where you just kind of like, I, I want to know about this person. And but you get, then you get conflicting reports uh because of the the historical record kind of kind of trickles off at some points and then get con conflicting information and so it'd be interesting to kind of like see how ai would make that easier um because that's a that's kind of a sloggy part of putting together that kind of a a, a story so there there's a potential for it being a useful tool in that respect I, and i i like kim's idea of going historical or like well-documented, maybe pre-existing stories, because then it also lets us test whether it can put any creative input onto that yeah. by making it a story mm. or a, a script or a theater play. Yeah. Or if it's just going to recycle any information that it can pull of, fac of facts and, and, and that's it, you know? Yeah. So that would be, okay, we'll use that as our basis of our prompt. Um, my proposal is we ask ChatGPT to uh, write a synopsis of a story about our prompt. And then we just, we, we do it, we read the, the, the synopsis, and then we just click the regenerate button. And then it'll create another one that's totally different in theory. And then we read that one and click the regenerate about a third time. And then we've got another prompt. And then we decide between the three of them which one we want to jump into. So I, I'm, I'm curious how it operates as a idea generator that way. And if it can take, if it can just pop out ideas that are interesting 
and then execute on that idea that it kind of created for us. And then if we could, if you could use the tool in that way as a writing tool, does that sound good? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I like how every episode we're trying to throw more and more at chat GPT until one day it just gets fed up with us. I hope. Uh, what's going to happen is what's going to happen is it's going to get smarter and better at this. And then it's going to, we're going to have to retest everything and just find out that it's everything that we complained about. It's learned from and is better at. Awesome. We are actually helping the machine make your worst fears come true. Probably. Yes, that is (laughs) undoubtedly accurate. Um, okay. I'm going to get into the chat. G E T. So, uh, first thing I'm noticing here, uh, this is new. Uh, there is a, a a warning message that has popped up, or a uh, just a notice that has popped up before you can use the tool. It says, "This is a free research preview. Our goal is to get external feedback in order to improve our systems and make them safer. While we have safeguards in place, the system may occasionally generate." incorrect or misleading information and produced offensive or biased content. It is not intended to give advice. Oh dear. So somebody got around the PG nature. Well, I, I think they, they, oh. I think they're probably getting, getting a lot of flack in the, the, and cause they're so popular. Click the next button. Conversations may be reviewed by our AI trainers to improve our systems. As we just discussed, Please don't share any sensitive information in your conversations. Wow. So it's warning you that ChatGPT is going to remember when you give it your credit card number and social insurance number. It's going to steal your identity. It's going to know your child's name when you mention (laughs) it. It's going to take all this information to create an AI facsimile of you. Wow. We love your feedback. The system is up optimized for dialogue. Let us know if a particular response was good or unhelpful. Share your feedback on our Discord server. We All intend right. to. So yeah, that's the uh, the warning they gave us because uh, all the news I'm sure they're getting, all the press of uh, good and bad things people are using it for because you can, can't make something without human beings figuring out a way to make something terrible with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and here we are speaking of, let's create a new chat. So I was trying to think of what the historical thing could be. Yeah. And so I had some thoughts and I guess a question for you all is there's kind of two ways we could really go about it. We could do something that's a really specific event, like the missing Lindbergh baby so that like it's a very specific event there's quite a bit of information but also some room for like what really happened Mm, in there or do we do something more broad where there's multiple stories like the French Revolution because you have what the bourgeoisie were doing what the royals like were doing the takeover like that type of thing, basically Les Mis, but chat GPT. Yeah. Like, which type of thing are we looking for? Time period right. that leaves it broad to allow multiple stories or something very specific where they're looking for specific things? I don't know. Um, 
I guess the I guess where I'm coming, I from my perspective, um it'd be nice if it was something that we at least either one or collectively knew enough about that we could uh gauge how successful the 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 chatbot is at you know telling a story about that period i'd be it'd be because like if it's something that like i don't actually personally know a lot or in anything about the Lindbergh baby other than a baby disappeared i think and so if 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 it's something if it's a topic that one or multiple of us know enough ancillary information about that we could kind of be like okay yeah that's actually true based on this deep dive podcast that i listened to recently it would be it'd be an interesting that then we could kind of check its work on the fly yeah. you know what i mean mm-hmm. for plagiarism well accuracy is more like like <laughs> yeah, how no, how how close or uh, like and where is it where is it taking liberties and where is it like skewing really tight to the information yeah. and yeah well and that's i i kind of because you're saying it that like i'm kind of leaning to Kim's suggestion of a more broad historical time or event, because then it has room to give factual information and room to creatively put its mark on it, so to speak. Okay. So we can see if it can do either of those things or both of those things, where if it's a very specific incident, I feel there's less room for the creative side. If there is such a thing with chat GPT. <laughs> sure. Um, I wouldn't want us to get too broad because then it's kind of like you're just asking for a, a genre, right? Right. That's, you know, that's and then right. that's, that's, then it, it, it doesn't have any room to kind of like impress us with its total recall. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Well, and that's why something that has a conflict or a thing, like usually a war yeah. or a revolution even like the, I forget what they call it now. Uh, I only have the incorrect name, but the, the flu that came out in 1919 and kind of like after Mm. the um, first world war and kind of took out a bunch of people. Um, So there's that type of event. So we can do it where it is at least somewhat compounded in a certain number of years and has a, major points i think would be the way versus saying let's do something in victorian era mm-hmm. like right yeah and we may want to be specific about place which is why the influenza in 1919 might not be as good or maybe it is cuz it's world wide or at least western world um but whereas something like uh the salem witch trials very specific time and place but could have varied thoughts on it. The Salem Witch Trial is interesting. It's also like something that um, it's been in the zeitgeist for a long time. So, mm-hmm. and there's been a lot of media written about that and the idea of witches in general and um, kind of our collective uh, incorrect and also <laughs> knowledge about witches kind of stem from like that, the panic of that, of that era. So there's something interesting there, and it's also interesting to see if it like if it can if it can if it can conflate facts with uh, fiction, all the fiction that's written about it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I mean, I do have the Wikipedia page pulled. Are you you are you proposing you are the fact checker, the master of facts, Mister? Yeah, Mr. I mean, Will? I can do quick scrolls on my <laughs> telephonic device. Um, Fair enough. Internet accessible. Okay. Okay. Um, I mean, it is nice because it does right out the gate. It's just a quick thing. It says a series of hearings and prosecutions of people accused of witchcraft in Massachusetts between 19 or sorry, 1692 and 1693. So like just, just over a year, more than 200 people are accused. So it is a, a fairly like intimate yeah. setting. Um, so yeah, there, it looks to be like some pretty easy facts and fabrications that we can pull from this. All right. Okay. I'm game. So, okay, let's get into it. I want you to write like, uh, we haven't tried the historical drama, I don't think. Mm -hmm. So does that sound like what we're doing here? Yeah. The other place we could do it is whose perspective, mm. because there are clearly the sides of the trial the sides of the witches the sides of the mob like act or mob like um reaction of those around so yeah i guess it's uh accused and accusers <laughs> this might be an opportunity for us to kind of like try something interesting or, or prompted to do something interesting yeah um, i mean i like the the idea of the perspective of um of the accused uh, to see kind of their side of the story and what's happening to them. From, the story should be a historical drama from the perspective of the accused. Okay, okay. So should we do the the accusers? Because I guess most stories are from the accused side, right? Like when in regards to the Salem witch trials. That's fair. Um, that that might be an more. A difficult ask because like I said before, this, this topic or this, this setting has been explored in media extensively mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, for in good ways and bad ways. Just to, we have more opportunity for, I don't know, creativity, I think. The story should be an historical drama from the perspective of the accusers. However, the protagonist are the witches. Or the accused, or should I call it the witches or the accused? Should we be specific? I I believe you should say the accused because, in theory, there's no real witches. Yeah. Right. We, but you, yeah, fair. Yeah. I don't know if I should say in theory or in fact, but either. Well, way. that yeah, that's that that's coloring how we're going to approach the story then like right, right. we're basically saying like, like we don't believe in witches therefore your story is going to be had not going to have any magical elements in it um versus once we right. introduce like hey write a story about witches then it's going to be like okay cool witches ride a broom and cast spells so i mean i'm kind of hoping we be, still get that but yeah that's why i'm kind of like how do we how how open do we leave it yeah open well, the, the other problem is like it doesn't even understand who the accused are. Or I know, right? It we'll might be pretty lame. Uh, I'm so excited! All right, I want you to write a synopsis of a story about the Salem witch trials. The story should be a historical drama from the perspective of the accusers. However, the protagonists are the accused. 
Well, let's see what yeah. we get. Let's see All what right. we get. And here we go. Ooh. Some alliteration in the title already. Yeah. I mean, this, I don't want to say this is the best title yet, actually. Mm. Well, this synopsis is meaty. Yeah. It is I'm... a meaty synopsis. I guess oh, we wow. gave, like... As the plot no thickens. No guideline. Yeah, we didn't tell it how long it's going to be. Yeah, so it's just going to tell the... Oh, oh there it there goes. Go. The title is Shadows of Salem. The synopsis. Shadows of Salem is a gripping historical drama set during the infamous Salem Witch Trials of 1692. Is that correct? So far, so good. Got that right. Okay. Told from the perspective of the accusers, <laughs> this captivating story <laughs> follows the lives of a group of young women who find themselves caught in a web of suspicion, fear, and hysteria. The small Puritan village of Salem, Massachusetts, rumors of witchcraft begin to spread like wildfire. The town is engulfed in a frenzy as accusations of sorcery and dark dealings grip the hearts and minds of the community. Driven by fear and a religious fervor, a group of young girls led by Abigail Williams starts pointing fingers at those they believe to be witches. Gut mm -hmm. check, is Abigail Williams a real person on the Wikipedia? Curious. It sounds familiar. Uh, that name sounds familiar for this was she case. One of the I believe that she is one of the startings. Yes. Uh, Betty Paris, age nine, and her cousin, Abigail Williams, age 11. They um, have fits described as beyond the power Interesting. of epileptic fits. That's what Wikipedia says, but yeah. Okay, good. Okay, so far it is uh, pulling from facts. Unbeknownst to Abigail and her followers, the true protagonists of our story are a diverse group of women, each with her own struggles and secrets. Among them is Elizabeth Proctor, a strong-willed and independent woman who is, who is accused by Abigail out of spite and jealousy? Wait, is Abigail an accuser or an accused? I'm confused. Yeah, no, it shows here, driven by fear and religious fear. Fervor, a group of young girls led by Abigail Williams starts pointing fingers at those they believe to be witches. Oh, okay. It sounds like Abigail Williams was actually mm -hmm. suffering from yeah. epileptic fits oh, and maybe okay. was one of the accused. She, oh, okay. I, I missed that. I missed that accusing. part. So she and that's and that's accurate. She's one of the people that led the she had epileptic from what correct me if I'm wrong, she had epileptic like symptoms and then blamed other uh, blamed random individuals saying that they were witches. Is that correct? Yeah. They falsely accused their neighbors of witchcraft. Gotcha. Okay. So, okay. We're still on track. Yeah. Among them is Elizabeth Proctor, a strong willed and independent woman who was accused by Abigail out of spite and jealousy. Elizabeth's husband, John Proctor, a respected farmer finds himself torn between loyalty to his wife and saving his family from the dangers of being branded as witches. As the trials intensify, the accused women, including Elizabeth, must navigate a hostile environment where their lives hang in the balance. 
with the help of Mary Warren, a conflicted girl who initially joined the accusers but now harbors doubts, they form an unlikely alliance. Together, they strive to uncover the truth and expose the manipulative games orchestrated by Abigail. As the plot thickens, friendships are tested, betrayals are revealed, and the characters' deepest secrets come to light. Shadows of Salem deliver into the personal journey of the accused women, their resilience, their fight for justice against the backdrop of mass hysteria and fanaticism. This sounds like a fringe review. With yeah. the arrival of Reverend John Hale, a minister whose faith is shaken by the escalating accusations, a glimmer of hope emerges. Hale begins to question the credibility of the trials, realizing that the accused may be innocent victims of a desperate quest for power and control. Amidst mounting tensions and the relentless pursuit of truth, the story culminates in a dramatic courtroom showdown where the lives of the accused hang in the balance. In a race against time, the women must uncover the lies, deception, and twisted motivations that brought Salem to the brink of destruction. Shadows of Salem serves as a poignant reminder of the dangers of mob mentality, prejudice, and the dire consequences of unchecked hysteria. It portrays the strength and resilience of the accused women who, in the face of adversity, find the courage to fight for their lives, their family, and the truth that will eventually set them free. Whoa. An extensive synopsis. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of names and information pulled from, you know, different sources there. But so John Hale, a minute Reverend John Hale's accurate. Is that sounds like a familiar name, but I can't I again don't I'm not an expert. Or is he a cust is he a original character? Um Yeah, Reverend John Hale. The Puritan minister. Yes. Um also pulls the main characters and the thing we didn't talk about before, but there is the famous play The Crucible. Yeah. Um, which of course follows this really closely by Arthur Miller. Um, and it talks about like the play does take some freedoms as we kind of discussed before, you have mm -hmm. to do that a little bit to create a dramatic piece, but like focuses on Abigail Williams and then uh, John Proctor and his wife. Mm -hmm. So that stuff is all kind of, I think very common to focus on. Yeah. So uh, looking at what we asked and what it delivered, I think it it passed with flying colors, more or less. Yeah, I, I feel because it's pulling from actual events and well-documented situations that this is certainly like the best thing it's done for us so far. <laughs> like, yes. It just sounds like something I would watch or want to read more about. Well, the only thing I'm thinking is this feels like because um, part of the crucible is kind of playing on the fact, like, again, a lot of what's said here, like mass hysteria, like um, all of those types of things aren't great. Judging people, starting to put people on trial with um, like McCarthyism is kind of what was happening when Arthur Miller was writing this play. Mm hmm. So I think why I'm thinking now switching the perspective, because there is already a really famous work that's written about this from this perspective. Right. I wonder if we switch perspectives, how that could be interesting. Like, 
Okay. And do we get really specific and say from the perspective of um, Abigail and do we put the twist on it that it's gone too far? I don't know. So do it we, gives it something. Do we first want to regenerate the... The yeah. same thing? See if yeah, we get the same yeah, thing to see if it will give fair. us a different story. Let's let's just do the uh, let's just regenerate it and see if it's if it does anything different or if it mm-hmm. sticks really closely to this again because it can't imagine something different. Mm-hmm. And then right. if it's very same, then let's let's branch out and Switch. try something totally different. Sure. All right. I'm gonna click the regenerate response button and see what happens. Title: Whispers of Redemption. Mm-hmm. Just from the brief glances, it looks fairly similar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the synopsis is very similar. Title, Whispers of Redemption. Synops. Whispers of Redemption is a captivating historical drama that delves into the infamous Salem witch trials from an alternate perspective, shining a light on the accused who unexpectedly find themselves at the heart of a tumultuous events unfolding in Salem Village in 1692. And amidst a tightly knit Puritan community filled with fear and religious fervor, a young group of girls begin exhibiting strange behavior, leading the village to descend into paranoia and accusations of witchcraft. As hysteria grips Salem, the town's inhabitants search desperately for answers, often finding solace and blaming others for their misfortunes. At the center of this maelstrom stands our protagonist, the accused, who find themselves thrust into a relentless storm of accusations and persecution. The story follows three central characters, Abigail, a young woman whose intelligence and independent spirit make her a target, Rebecca, a healer whose knowledge of herbs and remedies is seen as sorcery, and John, a quiet farmer whose solitary nature arouses suspicion. As the trials progress, each protagonist must grapple with their own inner demons, both literal and metaphorical. They face not only the wrath of the court, but also the judgment and betrayal of their own friends and neighbors. In their quest for survival and justice, they forge unlikely alliances with the other accused individuals, forming a tight-knit community of support amidst the chaos. A lot of tight-knit communities here. Driven by their collective determination, the accused protagonists embark on a perilous journey, navigating the dark twists and turns of the legal proceedings. They unravel the motives and manipulations of those who exploit the hysteria for their own gain, unearthing the deep-seated secrets and resentments that lie beneath the surface of Salem Village. As the trials reach a critical point, the protagonists must summon their inner strength, finding hope amid despair and confronting their accusers with unwavering resolve. In doing so, they challenge the prevailing belief system that has condemned them, exposing the flaws and fallibility of the justice system. Whispers of Redemption is a gripping tale that explores themes of power, manipulation, and the consequences of unchecked fear. It delves into the complex dynamics of a society torn apart by suspicion and fanaticism, ultimately shedding light on the resilience of the human spirit and the potential for redemption even in the darkest of times. With its compelling portrayal of the accused as protagonists, the story challenges conventional narratives surrounding the Salem witch trials, encouraging reflection on the complexities of history and the impact of collective hysteria on individual lives. Something I'm noticing chat GPT loves to 
fucking pat itself on the back and being like, you know, it's going to be pretty sweet because it tell <laughs> yeah. it, this is how you're going to feel after you've read this fucking thing that I've written for you. As like, the curtain goes down, the audience yeah. feels. Yeah, it, mm-hmm. it it loves to project what what the audience and stuff is going to feel onto Which it. Which is funny because it itself has no feelings. I know, right? So, um, but to be fair, this sounds like a like a synops, a press synops, right? Trying to like sell a show, right? Yeah. So you know, th- I can see where it's probably pulling that from, like mm-hmm. uh, a deep knowledge base of like just you know press synopses trying to be like you know this is a you really got to watch this because so it's going to make you feel so good or a certain way right so it's interesting because like i did feel this did feel different to me yeah it seems to focus more on the three characters which i kind of like yeah it gave them like traits or like whatever about them Mm-hmm. And they're real. Like Rebecca, there is a Rebecca Norse who mm-hmm. was kind of a healer in the community that was hanged, as were her two sisters. Mm-hmm. But I thought Abigail was the accuser. In Abigail is the accuser. But the, yes. in this one, yeah, she's a target. Abigail, a young woman whose intelligence and independent Makes spirit make her, her a target. Mm-hmm. So this flipped it. This made Abigail into not the instigator, the the accuser, made her into a victim. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Abigail's a really popular name. There was another Abigail, Abigail Faulkner, oh. who was convicted but not executed. So still could be historically correct. Right. There's just yeah. they did only give first names in this one. So. True. so it could be or sorry, Abigail Faulkner Sr. could be the Abigail that's referenced as the three, one of the three characters in which they follow. Just thought I'd share that. So, so far, still historically accurate. Okay, interesting. Yeah, I'm getting all my names backed up. So, hey, it's keeping a better track of it than and I am. And they're shared names. There's like three Sarahs involved in this story. So. All right. Um, yeah, I don't know. Why do you feel, how you feel about, about these, these two? Um, this one feels a little less crucibly. Yeah. It feels like a courtroom drama. E kind of like they, this ragtag group of, of accused people come together and navigate the legal, the, the convoluted Puritan legal system. It kind of says in there mm-hmm. and you can kind of like, oh, okay, cool. I can, this is kind of writing it like that kind of perspective. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I like this one better of the two. The other one felt like very much like I'm just gonna retell this historical thing and, and inject a little bit of drama here and there. Mm-hmm. And this was like, let's imagine this. Let's let, let's like. I think I feel like the AI focused on the whole trial part of it and being like, I gotta almost see it being like, let's rifle through my list of 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 stories about you know trial lawyers going through like uh uh various things and try to inject that into this thing well i'm mildly impressed with how it's doing synopsis um round three same one see what we get we can do nothing how you feeling i'm good to go with this one i think and expand on it or do you want to try something 
curious what it will do. Does it get okay. better? Does it get worse? Like the idea was three. Does it seem really right, foolish right, right. to push it? But like, I, not at all. Like this is what the, we're supposed to be trying this thing to its its limits in theory. My question to you, did, yeah, did you want to like just exactly the same, or do you want? Did you want to change something like we talked about last time? Let's let's actually just do it exactly the same because we liked this like the first version feels like the story most people know the second version got a little deeper mm-hmm. does the third version just go back to what's more known and the like characters that have already been or not characters they're real humans but the individuals that have already been really um talked about or will it go to like deeper i'm just curious how that would work cool all right i'm game I'm going to click the regenerate but response button and see what happens. Mm. That's the same title, no? As the first one? Yep. Hmm. It is a different story. Mm-hmm. All right. Here we go. Shadows of Salem was our first one. Shadows of Salem is our third one. Exact same title. Synops. Shadows of Salem is a compelling historical drama set during the infamous Salem witch trials of 1692. You don't say. Exploring the events through the perspective of the accusers <laughs> while focusing on the gripping story of the accused. Okay, thank you. In the puritanical town of Salem, Massachusetts, a dark cloud descends upon the community, casting suspicion and fear into the hearts of its inhabitants. Young girls, caught up in the frenzy of paranoia, begin exhibiting strange behavior, claiming to be afflicted by unseen forces. Their accusations set in motion a series of trials that will forever stain the town's history. Amid the chaos, we meet Abigail Williams, a spirited and intelligent young woman who initially joins the accusers in their quest to uncover the witches lurking among them. Blinded by her own personal vendettas and the desire for power, Abigail relishes in the attention and control she gains from her newfound role. However, as the trials intensify, the web of deception and manipulation starts to unravel. In the midst of the false accusations and hysteria, a group of individuals find themselves at the center of the storm, accused of witchcraft. This diverse ensemble of accused includes Rebecca Nurse, an elderly woman known for her wisdom and healing powers, John Proctor, a proud and principled farmer, and Tituba, a Caribbean slave from, with a mysterious past. As the accused confront their fate, they must grapple with their own inner demons and find strength amidst the overwhelming odds, forced to navigate a treacherous landscape of prejudice, ignorance, and fear. They form an unlikely alliance, drawing upon their collective resilience and unwavering belief in their innocence. The story delves into the personal struggles of each accused individual as they face public scrutiny, grueling trials, and the potential for an unjust demise. The characters must find the courage to challenge the authority figures, question the blind acceptance of accusations, and expose the manipulative tactics employed by those who seek personal gain from the hysteria. As the courtroom drama unfolds, tensions rise within the community, threatening to tear families apart and shatter the town's fragile fabric. The narrative highlights the human capacity for both darkness and redemption, exploring themes of faith, justice, and the dangers of unchecked power. 
Shadows of Salem captures the essence of the Salem Witch Trials, offering a thought-provoking and emotionally charged portrayal of a dark chapter in American history. Through the eyes of the accused, the story challenges our understanding of truth and justice, reminding us of the consequences when fear and superstition overshadow reason and compassion. So, this sounds more like the second one mm-hmm. to me. Very similar to the second structurally. You know, it tw- it did the same, like had three, a group of three. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also focused on Abigail. It called out Abigail. Yeah, the accuser. Specifically as a character, as the accuser, and, and, and defined them, which feels more better. Yeah, more what we requested. We, we want it from the, the, the perspective of the accuser, the accuser, which is Abigail. And so it's like, okay, well, then I'm going to spend some energy defining who this perspective and this, this character is. And then it gets into the uh, diverse ensemble of accused to include Rebecca Nurse. So uh, we had a healing healing prowess person in the previous one. I'm looking back. Same at person. Rebecca. Oh, it's exactly yep. the same? It's the exact same person. So yep. just re- recycled that. Fine. That's fine. Um, John Proctor, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we know who that is. And, uh, and Tichiba. A Caribbean slave with a mysterious past. Yeah, that that's, one's fresh. That's unexpected. Um, I, I'm, I've, I have a suspicion we won't be able to verify that. Actually, yes. This there was a slave, Tichiba, integri- was interrogated oh. last, and was the only of the three women. She confessed against herself and pointed the finger of blame. At the other two women, Sarah Good and Sarah Osborne. Um, I believe, I have to look at this, but I believe that, yeah, Tichuba was part of a group of three women. They were arrested on the 29th of February, leap year. Hmm. And I believe Betty Paris is the other young woman who began accusing uh, whose father was Samuel Paris, and he had two slaves. One of them was this individual. Interesting. Okay. So they're all connected through. So oh. this one is connected. Well, chat. The robots on a roll here in terms of like pulling from real, real history. Yeah, yeah real history for sure. Uh, I was I. You know, and this is my bias is showing. I was like, oh, I, I bet it just created a character uh, as a, a, you know, my my own instinct is, oh, the robot just created a diversity hire because that's what it's pulling from. It's like um, it's knowledge of how to write, you know, scripts and things like that, you know, but that's pretty cool. It actually like called out uh, when it said diverse, it means it. And it actually picked out uh, a non <laughs> a non white perspective that actually was there for the story, which is um actually pretty cool and there is obviously in being a slave the power imbalance of that individual mm-hmm. is already so taken away from them right yeah um okay, so this is very similar to the second one uh which we already thought was better. I would dare say this is another little bit better than that. 
with a, for a couple reasons that we just called out, right? Mm-hmm. So it seems to be improving itself when we ask it to re- redo, whether that's just luck or it trying, I don't know, just trying new things or I don't, I, I can't imagine, I, I don't, I'm not smart enough to understand how it regenerates a response, but um, yeah, it's doing a decent job of these synopses. I could see why I've heard stories of uh, kids using chat GPT to write their school essays and such. Yeah. Yeah. Because especially those final paragraphs where they try to wrap it all up feels like a high school essay wrap up of a report. Yeah, absolutely. It's like, and that's the thing, like, it's like, it's following a synopsis outline. Right. Like, Mm -hmm. how do you write a synopsis of something? And, you know, it could be the same. It could be like uh, a book report synopsis, or it could be a script, Hollywood script synopsis. And they kind of follow a similar, like here's the general outline of what happens. I'm not going to get into the weeds of specifics, but I'm going to tell you what the story is about. And I'm going to wrap it up by reiterating the thesis statement in the conclusion, you know, paragraph, an essay, right? Like Mm -hmm. that's really what they are. And so it's good at that. Um, Where I think it'll, and I think what we're finding is that it's not great at writing, expanding it into a full, well-written story um so what i think we should do next episode is we should uh take this synopsis and just uh pick up where we left off and ask it to see if it'll expand this synopsis that we've liked out of the three that it proposed to us and see if it can actually expand it into like a full script it's written out a pretty interesting arc where like these characters and it's it's been vague it says hey these characters have these moments where they 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 come up against the the villains and or whatever and they have to uh uh, come to terms and stand up to their accusers i want to see it try to write that Mm -hmm. like fill in the blanks of like it's easy to just say like this happens and i'm like cool write that out what does that scene look like yeah yeah let's get so i'd be curious to see if this if the robot can do that Absolutely. I'm totally game for that. Well, and maybe what I will do is a little more research because I was like, yes, this name is familiar. Yes, I remember this. But maybe us knowing the history a little bit closer. We are not obviously historians or experts in that way, but just kind of going, okay, yeah. All right. We understand the interconnectedness of the characters historically. To some point, we we know it is mm-hmm. like a lot of this is historical names and happenings that we are aware of. Yeah. It's and following we, the general arc of what yeah. happened. Yeah. But once we get it into a script of, you know, creative nature, it's bound to take, I hope some uh, liberties. And but we yeah, won't there's know no, if we don't know the history, for that's sure, for my sure. point. If, yeah. But it if it's takes a good story, creative... Hollywood doesn't care, you know? Oh, I'm totally in that. <laughs> but my point is knowing the history, we can go, oh, interesting. It took a creative liberty, mm-hmm. which is what you want to, we want to see. Because to your point, that's what Hollywood does. That's what dramatization does. We even talked about it with the crucible taking its own spin on this. Yeah, for sure. I kind of also want to do that. Like, uh, 
like how how are we going to present this like write us a script based on this just let it go or make it a action courtroom drama yeah like the da vinci code where he's you know, yeah no we can based on like factual things but like running in action scenes for you know funsies right yeah we can get we can like we've got this synopsis here so mm-hmm. it'd be curious to see like okay you've given me like an, a story idea like now write this in the in the in the in the style of x right and yeah. you know and see if it can do that or and, and maybe we that's a, a matter of us just like trying different you know trying different variations of it and see what it does and if it yeah. it can yeah, execute that it. or if we get if, if it, it breaks it by like we asked it to make a synopsis for a historical drama and we're like okay write this as a as a slapstick comedy and see what the hell happens right like what kind of craziness comes out of that and mm-hmm. if it's interesting or if it's just it just breaks yeah or like um historical drama but witchcraft and magic is real and used throughout the show <laughs> yeah for sure i wouldn't even understand that i don't or like even know. or like it's illegal not to use witchcraft and magic <laughs> it's like the flip <laughs> so like they're accusing them of not using magic <laughs> and using science <laughs> Yeah, there's so many ways we could take this. Just butcher a beautiful and heart-wrenching piece of our past. As always, checking in on my uh, emotional uh, existential dread uh, on my scale of 1 to 10. I think I'm still around a 4, maybe even 3.5 with this. Um, I'm like, okay, this is throwing together a synopsis. The synopses are... Not te- not as not as clunky and weird as the the scripts you've been asking it to write so far. Mm-hmm. So it's it's more um more more better, I guess. Yeah, it's cleaner. But they're also like by design, they're they're just little mini essays. So it's just kind of like writing a little like vague references to things. So we don't know how clever the dialogue is. We don't know what kind of interesting set pieces it's going to suggest. Mm-hmm. We don't know. We don't know. Like it says that so-and-so and so-and-so are going to, you know, um, this character and this character will um, have a, an emotional uh, tug of war between each other to, to do a thing. What does that actually look like? Is it just, they do they get into, does it just write them as like, they walk into a room and say, I don't like that you did this. Well, I don't like it either. Well, I feel that we're at an emotional, we're having emotional turmoil and they just are on the nose and they say that. Yeah. Like, yeah. like bad they, writing. They look into each other's eyes with the emotional turmoil. Yeah. And then that, that just describes that they stare at each other with emotional turmoil and yeah. like, and that's how it writes, which is like, you know, that's what humans, that's what good writers can take a mediocre synopsis and turn it into something really good or a very vague, simple synopsis. So I'm not feeling like this is like stressing me out. Personally, as in terms I of like, can, it, it's more of an interesting tool to like generate. Yeah, I can ideas. understand that. Yeah. For me, it's like, this is pulling a story, which we legitimately find obviously as a society, as an interesting story and piece of history, because it's been told many times in many different ways already. So there's already an interesting story there. It's just presenting that information, which is why already sounds better than most things we've given it so far. That's true. In my mind. Yeah. Um, but now 
next episode is where we'll really find out if it can yeah put the rubber to the scale <laughs> you know if it can really put a little mustard on it and uh get your hair on end you know yeah right yeah and you also point out you also make a good point that this is and and we asked it we were curious how it would handle like something that has a lot of history and facts documented history at least to mm -hmm. back it up and it did very decently like mm -hmm. um it's able to pull from historical record and present it in essay style kind of like you know here are like this this person was a real person based on historical record therefore we're just gonna plop them right in there and describe who they were and then just say they're also a character in the story so maybe this is something where the tool is actually like helpful for sure it's a quick easy because like like as we saw it took a minute to like just pull all this information where you would be typing in various websites trying to look up and get yeah. the points of info that you need whereas this just throws it at you real quick concise ready to go yeah yeah it's all a right. great tool i want to double this i want to double your your score next week let's let's do yeah let's do uh, a chat we'll bot we'll see thank you for listening so far um my name is brent i'm will this is kim and doggo scout who you may have heard running through the podcast and again, uh, as we always sign off, <laughs> I still don't have a, I don't have a proper sign off, but thank you for listening so far. I will get AI on that right away. Thank you so far. AI for an Eye is produced by Brent Felsine with help from artificial intelligence like me. Thank you for listening with your human ears. We encourage you to follow us on Instagram and share your important human thoughts. If you have liked the show, help us feed those hungry algorithms and leave a review on Apple, Google, or wherever you enjoy your podcasts. And remember, you are so very special, and you will never, never, never be replaced.